buckle in. Are you, you're in, you're in your seat, right? I'm, I'm yeah. We're ready to record, I'm, right? We're gonna we're gonna make yeah, this show. My safety harness is okay. harnessed. You got because you, there's a lot of safety precautions before every episode. Yeah, because especially this one. This things go wild when we're talking about some of the biggest hits of the '70s, '80s, and '90s. And we're doing it again today, right here on Reconsinimation, and that's that's what we do. We look at uh, look back at our favorite films of the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and how do they how do they work today? How do they hold up? Do they hang in there? And is, it's in a thrill ride from start to finish. When you pop in that DVD, VHS tape, Betamax, yeah. uh, laser laser disc, yeah, uh, Blu-ray, super laser disc, HD, four K, yeah. Uh, is there another format out there? I don't even know. I'm sure there is. Yeah. There's got to be. Uh, uh, the audio book. Uh, We're going to talk about the novelization books. So <laughs> if you have a little 45 record, you can throw that on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we're here. We're back. Thanks for joining us. This is our premiere of season of year two. I mean, the first official film of the year two yeah yeah our anniversary special last week yeah thanks for was, everyone who tuned in for that yeah and, we're getting a lot of feedback yeah. people love us people love uh the anniversary people love 1989 summer who yeah how could you not love oh 89? my god oh my god i dare someone to say that was a bad year i dare you bad summer never nobody i don't hear anybody fools yeah yeah no everyone's everyone loved it and uh it was great getting a lot of feedback a lot of great excitement over those those classics from 1989. Turner and Hooch, come on. Oh, everyone's talking about get UHF. There. Go. <laughs> get there. Uh, okay, but we're going to dial way back to the year 1982 with the Walt Disney classic, Tron. The NCOM 511 computer, center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. Within it, there exists an unknown civilization where man has never been. A startling new world where time and distance defy the laws of logic. I still do not understand why you want to break into the system. Because, man, somewhere in one of these memories is the evidence. Kevin Flynn, computer genius, searching for answers inside the system. Hey, 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 it's the big master control program everybody's been talking about. Stop. I'm warning you. I'm going to have to put you on the game grid. Propelled into the digital world of the computer itself. Oh, man, this isn't happening. It only thinks it's happening. That guy. That's Tron. Trapped inside an electronic arena where love and escape do not compute. Journey across an electronic sea on cycles made of light. its world this summer so we're talking tron i'm john diner by the way i'm david munchak too and uh so when when was the first time you remember remember like kind of tuning in to tron tron uh i remember very early on in the 80s that was a big thing uh my first memory of tron in any iteration 
the Intellivision video game system was a thing. I don't yes. know if you've, you remember that. Oh, yeah. There yeah, was yeah. a Tron game where you're basically throwing discs at each other uh, <laughs> and a compu- uh, at, at each other or an, and a computer foe. Um, so that was my, my first, like, understanding, like, Tron. And knowing it was based on a movie and all of that, um, I had seen bits of Tron. But Tron was a little weird. Yeah. Tron was, like, a little, eh. Um, and so I'd probably seen a lot of it and forgotten it for decades. And then yeah. it wasn't until 2010 that I decided, like, all right, Tron Legacy's coming out. Everyone's talking about the Tron. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to rent it, watch the thing, and then get ready for Legacy. Here we go. And uh, so the a very purposeful start-to-finish viewing in 2010. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you. What about you? Where was Tron in your, your periphery, in your... Uh, periphery and you're right in front of you yeah. uh, behind you <laughs> tell me I remember it very young I remember I, I remember it always being around like I remember the ads I remember um, you know the merchandising of the it ads well not the, I mean I, I just remember the presence of the movie yeah. more than like the specific movie itself okay. I remember seeing it I think the first time I saw it and I don't even know if it was all the way through but specifically, I remember towards the beginning when you're seeing the helicopter coming over the city and you meet Dillinger, of all things. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the first thing I remember. <laughs> what was the color on the colors of the helicopter? Oh, it was so you know, cool. Contrasting that, with the darkness. That you know? red neon. You, and even watching it again and rewatching it for this podcast, like I was like, that looks just, that looks, it do- just looks great. Yeah, like, it does. And it's a clearly uh, it's a practical effect. It's mm-hmm. They purposely did that. I'm like... I don't know. All helicopters look like this. Yeah. This would be great. <laughs> it's just fucking cool. But uh, I was. It was probably eighty three or eighty four because it was on home video. I remember mm-hmm. being at my grandmother's apartment. Sure. With everybody, like everybody was there, my whole family. So it had to have been at Christmas, maybe Christmas eighty three or Christmas eighty four. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember sitting on the couch with my uncle watching it, and uh, mm. it was. That was like the big sci-fi movie to me besides Star Wars. It was like Star Wars and Tron at the time. I hadn't hit Star Trek yet. Right, right. Uh, but, and I had, you know, I had some of the, uh, like, toys. I had the, the read and had, listen book. You had toys? Yeah. In the read and listen book? I had toys for everything. <laughs> I had toys, and I still have some of them. All right. Not the Tron stuff. Not the Tron stuff. Right. But I, uh, I think I still do have the read and listen book. Okay. Remember those? When you put in a cassette tape or a record? Record. Well, record. the ones I had was were records. Records. I had some. I had a Three Stooges meet. Uh, Whoa. Frankenstein, maybe. <laughs> Three Stooges meet King Arthur. And you had to flip the as they did the record. Yeah, yeah no, I and mean, then you know, read along. Anything and, that meets there was something a, else was just that was yeah, that was a hit. There was a chime every time you had to turn the page. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I still have. Uh, why? I think my. <laughs> Why, why? Why do you still have these things? I don't know. Do you have a record player? No. Oh, okay. You don't have a turntable? All <laughs> but right. I, took, I converted the... I, I did, and I converted the records into MP3 files. Oh, I see. All right. So they're on my little iPod that I still use. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah. I've got Tron. I've got uh, The Hobbit. I've got wow. some of the Indiana Jones... The first two Indiana Jones movies mm-hmm. and uh, Star Wars and Empire. Very cool. Everything else is gone. What an archive. Yeah. That's interesting. A relic from the past. Huh. But you don't have the books themselves either. No. So you just have a no, few... I have the book. I do have the book. So you can one. read along. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. It can still be. Anyone want to come over to my house? We'll do some cool. reading lessons. Yeah, sign up. 
Charge admission. <laughs> but 1982. Uh, what a year. Walt Disney uh, Company was not not at its peak. Um, there was mm-hmm. it was an interesting time period. They were mm-hmm. sort of on a lull in animation. All their you know their biggest hits had been prior to really 1970, mm. and the 70s were some of their. You know, they still maybe loved movies, but they weren't the hits that the other, the previous ones were. Yeah. They were starting to move into live action movies as well. Uh, the Black Hole being a very expensive movie that was a big time failure. Mm. And uh, that was kind of leading into Tron. They were still looking for something new, something that was going to catch on and be popular, essentially. Something different, something eye catching. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which this certainly fits the bill to some degree. Hell yeah! It's I mean, different and fresh it's and new. Crazy! It's a crazy ass movie. <laughs> crazy looking movie. No, I get it. I get, I can I can understand on, a, on the in the pitch of it and in the design of it. Like you're we're doing something different here. Yeah. Like it's it's exciting. <laughs> to yeah. Think. Like, especially like what, what they had to end up doing for in practical terms and and with computer effects. I mean. Oh, okay, we're going to be at the forefront of this. We're doing something way different. Totally, yeah. yeah. So why not? And it's funny because this movie has such a reputation for being a CG, you know, such such a big influence in in the world of CGI. Yeah. I mean, that's it's known for that. Yeah. But it's only really like 20, 20 minutes of the movie, I think, that's actually mm. CGI. Yeah. Everything else is practical and camera effects. Really. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of camera. I mean, effects. it's mostly camera effects. What you're seeing. You, Everyone assumes that it's CGI, but it's you can tell what the CGI shots are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some are like pure hand-drawn animation, and and then they, and then they're they are the CGI effects, and then they they're very different. But it's as if it lives in this same world. But it's uh, it's uh, it's it's really fascinating. Like there's a di- there's a real difference. There's like a stark difference about like every different type of thing you can see in this thing. So it 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 kind of loses loses its cohesiveness because of because of that like yeah. there's literally like the, where they're on this cgi ship and then but then they're in this one area and then it's, it's clearly like hand like or it's just it's animated it's cartoonish and uh you know because they can't really animate it with computer yeah computer graphics so uh yeah it, it, it's ambitious this to say anything else to say nothing else this is an ambitious movie y- yes like, absolutely like out the gate yeah and it's like here are some new tools. What can we do with it? Uh, I can I can understand why audiences and critics were like kind of like into it because it's like we've never seen anything like this. Sure, right? Absolutely, yeah. You've totally. never seen anything like this. Nothing like this, and it's obviously very stylistic and 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 weird. Yeah, weird. The, it's definitely weird. The problem, but there's problems that go along with that. Sure, of course. I mean, with such an emphasis, and, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Yeah, the emphasis on technology over story essentially but yeah um just to give in case anyone doesn't hasn't seen this movie in a while because i know like i don't think anyone's really watched this movie lately you know <laughs> yeah. it's not like a popular rewatch right 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 nor is it i don't think readily available to rewatch mm. well it is called it's very culty right yeah. now it's a cult classic at this point yeah, so. and I don't. I always remember it being that way. I mean, I think it was always out on VHS. Yeah, but it was, it was not aired on TV very often. It wasn't. Yeah, you know, other as other sci-fi movies, especially Star Wars, became so popular, and then Star Trek 
yeah. growing again in the eighties. It was like, why, yeah. why watch this one? Yeah, this is this is like sort of a, yeah, it's that relic that you know it doesn't have the the big explosions and the grand like music and the grand like it, yeah. The th- there were other sci-fi and fantasy things that were were. Uh, activating things in audiences that and we're charms. a lot more exciting yeah exactly like yeah this this takes a lot of time to get to some interesting yeah. set pieces and thrills but and how thrilling they are is questionable the time it takes to get to them is kind yeah. of a slog and yeah i can i can understand that but it's definitely uh i i feel like kids who were born in the mid 70s and find and seeing this and like I could see why that was something that like continued on, like just slightly older than us kids. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're definitely Tron heads in a sense. And yeah, for us, it was different. I think a little bit. Like, yeah. Uh, Cause you know, but anyway, but yeah, what, what, what happened in this movie? What, what is this so, movie about? So just to, to go over it quickly, it's about uh, Jeff Bridges plays Kevin Flynn, who's a computer programmer who has had uh, a, a video game called Space Paranoids that was basically Space Invaders mm-hmm. uh, stolen from him by uh, the company, by the executive Dillinger, who works at a company called Encom, mm-hmm. stole the program from him, booted him out of the company, and now he's been trying to hack his way back in and prove that that he was the creator of that video game. And I think it's alluded to that there are other video games too, but yeah, there this is the main one. Mm-hmm. So along with uh, his uh, former co-workers, he breaks into the to Encom one night and hacks into the system. The security program who runs that system has sort of taken on a life of itself and ends up kind of sucking him into the into the program itself mm-hmm. where then he has to survive and try and find his way out and yeah. um still you know prove that that program is his yeah. and 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 take over uh master control and inside that program there are are the computerized versions of the the human characters yeah. So in Kevin Flynn, his pro- computer program is called Clue, mm-hmm. also played by Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Alan Bradley, who's Bruce Boxleitner, is, is uh, in the computer world is Tron. Tron. Yeah. He's a security program that keeps. Uh, he's like he's the best security program. He, yeah. He's rooting out the, the and, problems. And his system. his program like is supposed to work outside of master control, so. Mm-hmm. He can work on his own and not be under the umbrella of that other program. Yeah, well, it, it alludes in the, the film that Master Control was one thing, and then he grew and evolved, and then he was integrating other programs. You know, the, this whole the, the concept is that that basically the computer programs exist as entities and um, can grow, change, evolve, integrate themselves, and become more powerful. Like so, this sort of like this idea of sort of what you would think would be AI, basically these intelligences, mm-hmm. um, but no, nothing that was, but it, it has that sort of fantasy element where like, this is not anything that was remotely possible back then. Like, you know, it, it was, but computers and th- that technology was so foreign for, you know, a mainstream audience. Um, it was fun to like, to, to create this world. I think, I think conceptually it was interesting sure. that like, what's going on inside your computer system, you know, and oh, yeah. what's going on in these servers or like, I don't, I don't know, Especially, like these, yeah, main, these mainframes, you know? I mean, it's still an interesting idea. For sure. But for then, you know, for 1980, 81, it was, I mean, it was, 
a great idea. Yeah, and they present it all very basically for an audience. Like they, well, there is some techno babble and, and all that, but they're not like trying to be authentic with how code runs or how thing how users communicate with the the programs they create. Right. You know, they they there is a, like a fantasy to it, and it's kind of fun. Like this idea, the idea that Flynn has Clue, you know, working on his behalf uh, in there, and as though Clue has a personality. And, right. And that's the thing. You spend so much time in the grid, uh, as they call it in the sequel. I don't think they even say that. In no, the first it's just movie. the it's the program. It's just really. like yeah, like this world um, that all these things exist. You know, all these things happening on a, a server that's running a WordPress blog. You know, like all these <laughs> entities. Like I don't even know what's what it would be in a modern age. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's it's. I, I, I the concepts are really cool, like especially when you like you first get into it. Yeah, and it's just weird and stylistically weird. It, like, it's it's strange. Let me just talk, but yeah, let me say two things. Please. Number one, we are not going to get into all the technical no. details of how this movie was made, all the ins and outs of the camera work, all the. Mm-hmm. You know, different film stocks and camera lenses, and you know the the pro you know all the programs that we're using to make this movie look the way it looks. Yeah, that is a whole technical world that that's a whole other show that other people will host. Yeah, and talk about. Not, yeah, no, that's not our. No, I mean we're we're still we're looking at this yeah. as a piece of entertainment. We'll talk in I'm, the culture, but well, I'll get into a little bit of you know yeah. of, of what was going on, how they did that. Of but, course. Um, before we get into all that, let's just talk about how this movie came to be. Steven Lisberger is an an, uh, is an animator who has started his own company and done doing lots of commercials and uh, you know ads and introductions to to movies and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he you know in the late seventies sees Pong and falls in love with that and is just completely enamored with animation. Yeah, uh, he was doing a uh, an animated piece called the Anim Olympics that was supposed to air during the 1980 Olympics, and when that was when the U.S. opted not to participate in that Olympics, they pulled that special. Ah. so but in in that he was you know thinking about other ideas and how to use animation and came up with the idea for Tron. Tron was originally just a logo sort of. He looked like a Cylon, really, from Battlestar oh, Galactica, right. yeah, like, sort of the, yeah. with the two, um, the two frisbees. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it would it would go into like an ad for a radio station. It was just just mm-hmm. a logo that he used. That he started to get more and more ideas about this. Yeah, uh, wrote turned it into a script. Started pitching it around. Every studio rejected it, and Disney finally okayed it willing to like roll the dice on a crazy new idea mm-hmm. that was a little tech heavy and entering in the sci-fi world again. Yeah. Hopefully they could latch on, <clears throat> excuse me, latch on to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And then, then as soon as they got to Disney, they were Lisberger and his team were like outsiders cause they weren't part of that Disney animators right. world. Right. They were an outside company coming in there was lots of animators who refused to work on the movie because it wasn't part of the team. Right. 
Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't part of the in-house Disney culture and yeah. idea. It, I, the, the house, the mouse house, as yeah. it were. You know, like because they were. I mean, so what were weird. the the seventies mo- animated movies? Were like Black Cauldron and or probably <laughs> Sword in the Stone. <laughs> I don't I really know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it, right? Like yeah, the, the Fox and the Fox Hound, and the Hound, kinda. which was the Kurt Ro- Russell, the Robin Hood. Oh, did, Fox Kurt Hound. Russell did uh, one of the voices. That could be right. Yeah. Um. So and then just to touch on very quickly the uh, the way this was made, they use a, a process called back backlit animation. Well, what's that mean? <laughs> Not. <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's a very it's a lengthy explanation. It's a long process. Go of, on. Go on. I'm, I got all shooting day. the actors on a completely black stage with you know. It's not like the way we do green screen or even the way we used to do blue screen. It's a completely like you, it's a layered process that they would film it and then project it onto another piece of film over and over and over. And they would change. There were certain settings that would be changed and lenses that would be different. And they use different cameras. And yeah. it was just filtering it and filtering it and filtering it, mm-hmm. literally using one piece at a time why everything looks so different different and has different colors and mm-hmm. um, textures and and that's uh, long story short that's basically how they did it yeah 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 it, you you can't you can't just natively shoot these things and have that happen like it's uh it's a whole process yeah and it, it's it created um, i mean the end result is fascinating i think it's it's really cool to just see how otherworldly they created this this yeah. digital world uh, you know and it's just guys in like big like you know cotton suits and and with some but with lights and 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 weird designs and all that yeah like i mean running through and then they have to integrate the same sort of design in the, the cgi the, those floating you know uh those ships and all of that yeah and all of that like, they're trying to create a, like a cohesive design and it kind of works um, yeah, but it's weird because you have it's still a human being, and they're mm-hmm. doing close-ups and the skin imperfection, and the you know just the way a human moves and talks, and then um, you know the way the CGI physics are different. Then you can't animate the physics. They couldn't animate the physics in the same way, uh, the way the way the human beings are moving around mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, it's so it's uh, like so already like you're seeing this like difference between like the these real world aspects being integrated into this thing but there's like almost a comedic effect to like how the really fake stuff works like i was yeah. laughing at times but not because <laughs> it's like bad but it, or cheesy but it's just oh that's just like that's all they could do with it it's mm-hmm. it's weird like these ships zipping around and then like falling and like gravity just suddenly like taking them or like the way they bop around yeah. and like things don't move like that. Well, there, there was, I mean, you, you mentioned trying to be, have a fluid kind of look. Yeah. There were three different animated company, you know, animation companies doing the work on it. Yeah. Who weren't, who were not working together. Oh yeah. yeah. They would have monitors that were, you know, connected through a phone wire basically mm. that they could see what each other was doing, but they weren't talking to each other to like, make sure that everyone's on the same page. Oh, yeah. There was, like, one company doing... They, the way they just divided up the work. It was... Uh, Maggie was one, Triple Triple I was another, and Digital Effects was another company. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but each shot was processed 
between eight and twenty five times. That's a that's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. So that's a lot of layers for one shot. I mean, yeah. some are more complicated than others because you have the actors themselves, you have the wardrobe that they're wearing, then some their wardrobe has different coloring. Yeah. You know, there's different material on uh, Kevin Flynn's costume than there is on Tron's costume. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then whoever's in the background and whatever else animated is moving in the background. And then the sets themselves. Yeah. All that had to be animated and processed. It was... Yeah. I, I mean, I can do it. Sure. We do it for fun here in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Just on a Sunday that. morning. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Let's just process some scenes. Just get out the, go on. the backlit animation yeah. set. Let's you just know. go out there. Let's shoot some stuff. <laughs> Have some fun with it. Uh, but they had some great, uh, really great people working on this. They had Har- Harrison Ellison. Excuse me. Let me say that one again. Oh, please. Harrison Ellenshaw who was a a matte painter and became a designer here. He worked on Star Wars, Black Hole, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Jean Girard, or Mobius, who was an illustrator who worked on Alien. We mentioned him during that show. Yep. You can listen to that in the archives, Mm -hmm. www.reconcinemation.com. And the Heavy Metal Magazine, which is a very popular in your house. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I've got the posters everywhere. I have... Every issue of Heavy Metal uh, splayed about. Mm-hmm. So just come on in, yeah. start reading, start flipping through it. You want it in the You're dining the room, the, yeah. the living room, the kitchen, mm-hmm. the closet. The movie's even. running constantly on a loop. Yeah, the, both of them. The, yeah. Oh, those are two. There's <laughs> Heavy oh. Metal 2000. Oh, my gosh. That's right. That came out in 2004? No. Uh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, and also Sid Mead, who uh, had Sid worked Mead? on uh, Blade Runner and Aliens. So yeah. all of them kind of, I think they originally split up like who was doing what. And then pretty quickly it kind of all merged and they were all just working together. Yeah. So, but they were like on the, on the crew with, with Lisberger, who was, you know, still writing, who had written the script and had this very basic story, which yeah. now we can get into. Well, and... And before we even get into it, can I just say, this is a tough one. <laughs> Tron is tough. Watching it today, and probably watching it back then, this is a tough movie, right? I always remembered it being slow. It's, it's and it's, long. It's very slow. Yeah, it's drastic. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, I don't know why it has to be. I don't know, but. I, I, it's it's so strange know. because it's a very simple story. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the story itself is not complicated. It's all the it's everything else that's complicated. Yeah. Um, and when you start getting into the how and the what's really going on and would that really work that way, that's what gets tricky and not really explained. Yeah. I mean, they explain it enough, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's it's fairly quickly that he gets, you know brought into the world of the grid. We'll just call it the grid because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. But um but once you get there, everything just slows down. And I think the intention was to just bask in the world that you're seeing. Yeah. But it's so different. It's so interesting. Yeah. And it, it turns into this it's just a really long tech demo. Like yeah. like here's what we could here's what we can do. Here's what we did. And that that is worthy of of attention and and observation, absolutely. But I mean, 
you know, it's it's another hour of that, like a solid hour yeah. of that, and it's, uh, um, and because you you can't create you can't create so many crazy things like it, you didn't need a bunch of like set pieces and excitement and thrills. Although there are a bunch of those, there's some, a couple chase sequences, the, 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 the light, light cycle, cycle thing. The, the light cycles were so super cool. popular. I mean, yeah. I always remember that. That was like the yeah. cool thing was the light cycles. Yeah, and then like you know Tron battling it out with the, it was disc, and the the, uh, uh, the 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 first thing Flynn has to do the game the first game he yeah. does. It's cool looking. It's it's neat. Like huh, Yeah, but it goes even that first see, you know, when he first gets there and he has to what game? I don't even know what game you Hi, call that. Highlight? Highlight? Sure. I forget how to pronounce that. But that it goes on and on and on. It feels well, like it's like it, it just felt like it may not actually go on that long, but it feels like a long scene and you kind of know what's going to happen. But yeah. um but it's like it's pretty basic cuz it's like it, you know, Tron who's like the the greatest computer programmer program ever and then flynn and a uh what uh, uh ram ram and the then other ram guy. who yeah. was like a, a what was he an actuary he's an actuarial program yeah this idea that like random programs that were written and executed by users kind of exist independently but they all happen to meet up together in prison like this i'm well, sure yeah. this prison's huge the, like thank the, god tron was there yeah. like <laughs> the master control program has kind of is now like policing and controlling all the other programs and yeah. it's growing outside what was originally theirs that's the concept is that it's yeah. taking over other software and starting to control it yeah. and under that's underneath the umbrella of this encom yeah. company right uh because like but, in the real world, like master control, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna dip into the Pentagon. He's gonna take over things there. Like he's he's independently going to try to take over the world through this system. Right. And he needs the programs. So it's like it's a cool concept. It's a great idea. Sure. Like yeah. here here's this like thing that has to be stopped. And uh, what are you gonna do about it? Like, and then there's that. Well, we'll get into like the sort of the philosophies behind it. But like giving these, you know identities to these programs as though they're like living things or you know functional things with with thought conscious thought uh it's a fun little exercise into like what what reality is and um what what your world is and what's beyond the what you can see Mm -hmm. it's like it touches on like really deep philosophical things like pretty early on and you know it doesn't have to go deeper um but it i think that I think it suffers because it won't kind of well, go hard. It's clearly, it's clearly a movie that they were so focused on the technical, you know, side of making it. Yeah. And that's, and the visual look of it, clearly that's what the movie is. Yeah. This, the story is, you know, is kind of suffers for yeah. it. There's, there's just not enough. Like I, I don't care about anybody. Right. Right. I mean, I like Kevin Flynn, but mostly because he's Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Like he's just Jeff Bridges being Jeff Bridges. Yeah. And it's funny in the opening scene when he's in the arcade. Yeah. Like I feel like like he could be a young dude, <laughs> a very young du- before the dude became. Oh, a totally. Dude, oh, you yeah. know. No, this is this is the dude. I mean, Jeff like, Bridges yeah. is the dude. But yeah. No, this is. <laughs> yeah. Like when he wins and the way he like. Cockily, like, is that a word? Cockily? Cockily? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Cele- yeah. <laughs> celebrates from winning that 
you know, yeah, beat, winning, beating the game. Like, yeah. it's a little little moment of dudeness in there. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the dude is, like, a, not a, a creation out of nowhere. Like, the, it's just the natural progression of who Jeff Bridges kind yeah. of always was at that age. Yeah. Like, at, at a certain age. So, yeah, going back in time and seeing it, like, yeah, this is what the dude would be doing when he was 23. <laughs> but, but it's Bridges' charm is, like, I really feel like the only thing that, latches me on like i like jeff bridges i want to see what happens yeah. to him but the character is flat yeah well in the real and world why why would do you care anything at all about what alan bradley does uh well you don't i mean no. yeah well alan's sort of a um, is almost placed as a villain because he like stole flynn's flynn's woman like you know like that was the that's how they sort of created a dynamic between like his ex Flynn's ex-girlfriend is dating Alan. Alan created Tron, which is a, the great security program. They all work at Encom, which is apparently developing transporter technology. <laughs> like that's the idea. The reason Flynn ends up inside a computer system is because they could digitize matter. Um, but, but for the purpose of that's trans- neither here of, nor there of teleportation David. and like, this is a video game company that, that gets riches off video games. But is also developing teleportation technology. <laughs> like that's that's bananas. That's like uh, you know Aunt Jemima coming up with like a, a new rocket to go to the moon. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's also kind of what we're doing in the basement here. So <laughs> yeah. shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, and okay. One other thing. Let's we're going. To, we're going. Starting we're to go just, deep. We're in touching. It. We're touching things. Tron. Why is the movie called Tron? Because it's he's he's electronic. But Tron's not even the main <laughs> character. Like, Tron yeah. is a side character. Yeah. Who he's a supporting character. Yeah, exactly. They he's team up. They team up. They team up, but it it should be called Flynn. Yeah, but that's <laughs> boring. Like, that's not going to catch your eye. <laughs> no, that's not catching. How, how cool sci? What a, what a cool sci-fi name Tron is. It, it, it's awesome. It's electronic. I mean, he's, he's the it's guy cool. on the poster. Yeah. Jeff Bridges is not even on the poster for yeah. the movie. Yeah, Tron is this other thing. And I always, you know, as so I remembered having seen the movie as a youngster, yeah. and then I didn't watch it again till, uh, yeah, like you said, till when Legacy was coming out. It was yeah. like, oh. And I was working at Disney. Yeah. Let me go down to the store. I'll buy Tron. Watch yeah. it before Legacy. And what it do? In my mind, in that whole whatever, however many years between, I'm thinking barely thinking about Jeff Bridges and just remembering Bruce Boxleitner and Tron. The movie's about Tron. Tron's. Oh yeah. No. But no, it's not at all. Yeah. It's a little misleading. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But like, it's almost like Tron is an idea. Tron, yes, Tron like, represents. Tron's it. like the world. It's almost like the world they live in. Tron is actually the program, but like, it's it it repre- It's such a perfect name for like whatever this thing is. It's a, it's almost like they wasted the name on Tron the program. Like yeah, if like we're in Tron, and then like the program Tron was just called Steven. Like you know, <laughs> Steven. It's like Steven's the best program ever for <laughs> for security. But we're in the Tron right now. Like that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know where that name came from, by the way? Mm, it's about electronics. That's the exact word he took it from. I said it like three times before this moment, but you didn't pick up on it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't, yeah. I'm electronics. Too busy listening. You're to getting myself. all mad about Tron. No, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, uh, and then what? Today we'd call him like. I Steve Itron, Internet Tron, I, Ele- Itron, Electronic. That's pretty catchy. Etron. Well, 
E-tron. Yeah, it'd E-tron. Be, it'd be E-tron 2000. Yeah. E-tron 2.0. <laughs> Probably not today. Probably like 20 years ago. Yeah. E-tron 2.0. You're right there. 2.0. You're right there. But uh, what a lot of fun. I mean, so yeah, we had Jeff Bridges just crushing it with yeah. his Jeff Bridges-ness, right? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, he like... They don't give him a lot to do. Yeah, and, once and he's in there, he's just kind of running around and trying to get from A to B and get to, you know, sending that disc up. Yeah. And, you know, basically getting Tron. He's trying to get Tron to him and Tron to that end point so that right. disc can go up into yes. and reprogram master control. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's to, it's to save the world that they're in and also get him out of the system. Yeah. Uh, with the, the input output. If the input output is very important, so you can get get that data out. It always is. He was trapped, but like uh, Jeff Bridges, you know, Flynn is a lot more. He's a lot more animated and interesting as just some like smarmy, like arrogant guy in the real world. Yeah, and then he's in he's in the grid, and he's a little blown away originally, and he's just trying to survive. But then he's just some guy. Like he's not even. That interesting. Flynn no, in the in the grid is kind of boring. Like, yeah, he's just, he, he doesn't do anything really. Yeah, he doesn't have like interesting. Not that he should be quipping or whatever, but he's such like a character in the real world, and that character doesn't really carry over. His personality doesn't carry over. He's just some guy now. So it's almost like they they filmed all the Tron stuff first, and then like okay, now we gotta like well, who's this guy? Like yeah. I feel like they did all the real world like, stuff. Oh like, yeah, we need an opening and and, and <laughs> yeah. Here. Um, um, yeah, but I don't know. It, it it's it's tough. It's it's tough to get through now. Yeah, it's slow. It's a tough. It's a tough movie. Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, but, and Bridges, uh, Bridges is great. I mean, he's he's coming off of what King Kong and. Mm. You know, he's ha- had some interesting movies that he's doing, and it's a little strange that he does this movie. He's coming off King Kong, Stay Hungry, mm. Winter Kills, and Heaven's Gate. So those are completely different kind of movies, and this was a this was definitely a shift. I mean, he had been already, by this point, acting for like 15 years. Yeah. I mean, he was a child actor with his dad on Sea Hunt, mm-hmm. the great Lloyd Bridges. Of course. The late, great Lloyd Bridges. R.I.P. Um, and then uh, the last picture show, he's great and kind of acting through his teenage years and kind of growing up right in front of our eyes. But, uh, yeah, different kind of movie for him. Uh, Bruce Boxleitner, who plays Tron and Alan Bradley, was basically just a TV star at this point and would continue to be that after this. Yeah, uh, His, you know major film career never really took off which surprised me because again he's the guy on the freaking poster and the title character <laughs> right yeah but, he was probably thinking about how much of a you know he's the star <laughs> of this thing but um, uh but you know doing the scarecrow and mrs king and then oh, I think, great show and then uh babylon five even four four seasons of that and a couple of movies super successful tv career yeah for no, sure oh absolutely so he's and that voice that bruce Bi- brock yeah. voice Ooh. And it's, it's like perfect. It's the perfect voice. Peek behind the curtain. Go ahead. I was working with him when Tron Legacy came what? out. What? You were working with him? Yeah, we had what were a couple you of conversations. A little you... show called GCB. I'm sure everyone remembers that. He was on GCB? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it was very surreal because we were at Disney. Yeah. You know, working at Disney when Tron Legacy came out. And, mm-hmm. and like, we're on the stages where they did some of the work for Tron and... 
it was just very that's uh, cool yeah wow so you know when we were at craft service and i was like you know like two inches from him just kind of staring <laughs> it, it'd get a little weird and he's like all right dude what what's your tron question <laughs> I was like, excuse me, Tron. <laughs> Pardon me, How Tron. are you here? <laughs> How did you get here? <laughs> but it's funny that like Bruce Boxleitner, like at age 30, 30 something, young 30s, I think, when Tron came out. Mm. And then like 25 years later, he just still has that Bruce Boxleitner voice. Yeah. Like, he's just, just, damn, he's command. He's a commanding yeah. presence. I don't know. Yeah. A, I just love his voice. It's great. Uh, Cindy Morgan also in the movie she plays uh, Yori inside the the mm. grid yes um, but she was just coming off of Caddyshack oh uh, which I what can't is... wait to cover that movie I can tell Lace, she was it. Lazy Underall in, Lazy in Underall <laughs> uh, David Warner who's a He's super great and everything am- amazing actor and, oh my god from uh from england who is in tons and tons of movies uh by this point he was in i think his biggest movies were the omen definitely mm-hmm. uh, yep. cross of iron uh the time bandits and the french lieutenant's woman yeah uh but then after this he'd be in god so many movies bunch of star trek stuff sure titanic your favorite um, one of my one of them. He's your favorite character in Titanic. Yeah, I have the poster of his character. It's just, <laughs> you cut out. You literally you bought a poster, cut out Kate and Leo, yeah. and just put David Warner. Put him, I blew him up, and then he he was on a, a four by six poster mm-hmm. in my in my room. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, some you have another one with Billy Zane behind him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Big Billy. They're Zane my fan. favorite characters. Favorite actors. <laughs> But Dave Warner, great in everything he does. We we were lucky to have Montron. We were. We got yeah. very lucky there. Actually, Wait. he's he's a kind of he's. It's hard for these actors to, especially then, people were not actors were not used to working on, like empty stages, talking to right. com, what would be a computerized character or, or you know whatever the the scene was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know they did a little bit of it on Star Wars, but this was. Now they're used to it. I mean, yeah. uh, Avengers is like 90% of the movie is on a green screen. Yeah, they're just talking to a wall. Yeah. A, a tennis ball there. And like, right. Focus on that. And... But I, back then, when it hadn't been done, and actors, especially a, an actor like David Warner, yeah. um, certainly not used to that. So you're not getting as dynamic of a performance as you normally would out of these guys just because of the situation that they're thrown into. Yeah. And And it's not like... Steven Lisberger, who is coming from an animation background, is was also not used to directing actors the same way, you know, live action directors would have. Right, of course. Yeah. And the focus was not necessarily on the character work and yeah. the personal motivations. Yeah, it was about like getting the line and the getting the shot. Yeah, like because that's not that's all we need. We don't well, and it's so hard to get the technical side right. Yeah. That I, I, it's understandable that the the dialogue would kind of be a secondary or, yeah. you know, a third uh, kind of level. Well, that's what's that's what's so you know, and this is this kind of like touches on why Tron's kind of important though. Like this is, like without Tron, things couldn't have been done. Like there would have been a there would have been a movie that had to like cross these boundaries and do these things, but this was the thing that did it. Like yeah. this. Okay, this is what we ended up doing. Like I said, it's like a glorified tech demo. Like, mm-hmm. what do we, 
what are we capable of and what can we produce but and trying to make it a story trying to make it a feature trying to make it something that audiences go would go to mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's kind of it's basically it was always it's considered a flop in a sense i mean it made its yeah. money back but it wasn't like a, a huge sci-fi movie well a huge fantasy movie but yeah it became something that like people would look at and it's it's sort of well, if we didn't have this, you wouldn't have so any any the C, the the evolution of CGI would not have occurred in the same way. It would have been a very different way, you know. Having like computer scientists helping in the animation, you know, these mm-hmm. people like, and instead of like pure animators being part of it or all of that, like, right. it's a very particular group of people that created these things that set the standards and uh, jumping off points. Um, so in that, I I, I you know, it's an it's an important movie. I think. It, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's 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 on like both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Because it's not looked at as 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 a storytelling film. It's not respected at all. No, no, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but for the technical achievements, and not even necessarily the way they did them, it just opened the door. So that you know, like really, like this. There wasn't a lot of animated movies in the 80s. It was, you know, using this kind of animation. It was this. And then it was like The Abyss was like the big, next big animation, you know, CGI-driven movie. Yeah. I mean, sure. there, there were plenty of movies that, that used pieces of it to yeah. enhance things. Yeah. But, you know, the major story point mm-hmm. was using it in The Abyss. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a flop. Disney considered it a flop. It did... It did make money, um, mm-hmm. but they not what they thought it was going to. Yeah. You know, they really wanted to compete with Star Wars. They wanted something on that level, which this just just didn't take. And and I think part of that is because, you know, Star Wars has an enjoyable story going along with all the effects and the model making, and mm-hmm. you know, and then the lightsabers like this. Yeah, didn't have that. Yeah, you're excited about what the characters are doing, and then like all the cool shit that's around them. That's like that's what makes Star Wars. It's the characters first, like any any film. It's the characters, you know. Yeah. And like, well, what cool stuff's going on around them? Like, it only just enhances what the story. But this is like uh, characters were secondary. Like, yeah. For all of this, and uh, you know, basic framework things you're familiar with, you know. And you could sort of explain away why things work the way they do between the characters mm-hmm. and the story, but they're not, it doesn't, it, there's no, uh, you know, specific focus on that. Very simple. How does he, how does he take care of business? Oh, he gets wrapped up in this like big sort of revolution thing or whatever. And then he gets back and then he, uh, he gets the, the evidence he needs and becomes the CEO of the company. Yeah. It's all wrapped up Happy in a bow. Ending. Like, boom, how great. Like the final scene, the final shot is a really crazy helicopter like shot. Uh, well, they're on the roof of a building. Helicopter comes flying up. I thought it was gonna kill Bo- Bruce Boxleitner. Like yeah. the way it kind of goes, twirls around. Jeff Bridges gets out of a helicopter. They hug. And he's got a suit and a briefcase. You know what that means? Yeah, he's the, he's in charge. But the weird thing is, is like they don't. It, there's no focus on that. It's just like a quick shot. Like they. They don't do a they don't do a medium shot of them talking to each other or anything. They no, hug. It just ends. Like, yeah, it's just the movie just sort of ends. Like, well, that's what, what I'm saying. Mean? There's, like, there's no there's nothing to connect to. Yeah. You don't care. They're 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 going through these motions, and even inside the world, like Tron is so flat. Yeah, and that's not. I'm not blaming Bruce Boxleitner for that. I think he was doing what 
was there for him. But that's, you know, Tron was just had like an objective and that's it, which makes sense in the story and yeah. you know, in the world, that world. Considering but what he is, is just a program. Do you want to watch this flat character just trying to get to this spot, you know, yeah. and survive? I don't know. There's nothing... No emotional gravitas. I think what the I think what's missing, and I think uh, probably a missed opportunity, is presenting these programs as these automatons, like doing what their programming tells you, and then you have Flynn as the human user, showing them like, wow, how different humans are from the programs yeah. that that humans create, and then sort of igniting, you know, an evolution, like where Tron maybe could evolve a little and become. I mean, he and he kind of does where he, he just, you know, I fight for the users, you know, like he's got that heroic quality to mm-hmm. him that he sacrifices everything. He's Superman. Yeah. Like it's 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 kind of cool. Like the pieces are there. They just don't go all the way. Yeah. You know? They don't they don't show. And I like Tron Legacy sort of attempts to like expand on that world and make the the char- like the programs you know, these entities yeah. that become something else. And then that there's a whole new life form in, in the grid. And well, it's a cool concept. Well, and, and, you know, couldn't you, don't you think that if you had some scenes of like Flynn trying to show Tron what humanity is like and, you know, trying to get him to do something more human like and yeah. having that bond between the two of them. And yeah, like that would be a little bit more of a, dynamic yeah between them you know and and kind of get you to connect to tron a little bit more instead of this robot almost yeah well yeah like you need that you know geordie showing data like how a practical joke works or whatever like you know this is what humans find funny yeah this is what love is yeah like something that like that the audience can come along with like yeah oh yeah teach him that thing yeah um, so give Tron an arc yeah, instead of something. he has no arc to his character. Yeah, and uh, and that's what we're used to in good storytelling. And you know, th- again, this tech demo doesn't didn't have room for it. Didn't it, you know? It was secondary. It's a shame. Like there's there's so much potential in the world building and all of that, and you spend a lot of time just looking at shit happening. Yeah, slowly and slowly. Yeah, and then like stuff happens, but it's like, well, what, okay, like. What are we? What are we doing? The, right, you, just get to the next thing. The light cycle, you know, part so of the cool. chase was was cool. That's Super well cool. done, and that's you know that's where you have a lot of your CGI animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it's after that. It's like the rest of it of mm-hmm. trying to get yeah. to that end point. That's just ooh, come on. Yeah, gotta go. It's tough. Tough. Did you catch the best Easter egg in this movie though? In Tron? Yeah. No. What? That you didn't. Probably not. I'm kind of dumb. When Jeff Bridges uh, or when Kevin Flynn first gets into the world and he kind of lines up with a whole bunch of other programs. Yeah. The person to his left is a very young <gasps> Michael Dudikoff. Really? Michael, the Michael Dudikoff. Wow. Really? Sir Michael Dudikoff. Didn't even realize. He, yes, he's been knighted. He has been knighted. Um, okay. Major action star of the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And into the 90s. So he just popped in there I'm for a, big, a second? I'm a big Duda fan. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to... We got a lot of Dudikoff coming our way on this oh, show. Oh, God. A lot? <laughs> a lot. Okay. So much to cover. All right, we'll see. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, that was one of his first uh, appearances uh, on screen. So and he was a followed nobody. Followed by Bachelor Party. He was so. a nobody. I would never use that word. Well, then he was. He nobody. was not a household name yet. Okay, got it. 
yet. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and when they shot the movie, there was uh, they tried to keep the levity up on set. They had like arcade games uh, there that the actors could play in between shots, and yeah. to keep the like in the vibe of the of the movie. You know. Well, and like back then, I mean, arcades were huge social things. I mean, yeah, part of the culture of people would adults went to the arcade. Well, like the Flynn's, young adults, like... Flynn's arcade, you yeah. know. What, Arcade shop? I don't know. What do you call it? His arcade. His arcade. That was like a real thing. Yeah, that was huge. There was was arcades all across the country. These video games were were bringing so many people in, doing something different. Because, like, discos were dead. Like, you know, it was like there's still those nightclubs. But this is another reason to get together. And it was cool and different. And you're putting your quarters in the machine. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I could totally, like, and that's completely died out. I mean, it's, there's sort of a, a retro kind of resurgence. Oh, absolutely! Arcade yeah. resurgence. Yeah, uh, but um, I have a friend who's got an entire arcade in his garage that really. he's built over years and years. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an affinity for folks. I mean, and like when we grow growing up in the '80s, like there were so many arcade games just everywhere, like in a, a restaurant, in a bar, in a, Bo- a bowling, bowling alley. alley. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gol- still there. Mini golf place. Yeah, and there's yeah, and of course there's arcade games everywhere, but not an arcade. Like, yeah. Like as it was, which was like a real social gathering. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, and that. So it's funny, like sort of framing it that, like, well, this guy like created the greatest arcade game ever and lost uh, lost out on this company because, mm-hmm. you know, he could have. He was actually responsible for making them millions of dollars, and he deserves to be a senior executive or whatever the hell senior <laughs> executive co vice president. I don't Some know. yeah. So uh, that like. Like uh, yeah, that video games sort of frame it like yeah, this is the thing. This was yeah. a, a whole new industry that was budding, and uh, I don't know. But then at the same time, again, teleportation lasers in the basement. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that. How does that all work? Can you imagine like the guys over at Electronic Arts, you know, doing you know PGA Golf 2018? They also have like a laser system that does teleportation. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, can. we're putting shit on the moon. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the it's way, it's experimental si- side project. <laughs> yeah, but this let's is, get back to the PGA. Anyway, golf. Madden's coming out, and, tw- <laughs> and tw- Madden 2019 is coming out. Uh, but we're underfunding the. Uh, it's probably the true. moon laser. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, we were talking about the impact of this movie and, and it was, you know, it did have a huge impact. It, it influenced a young John Lasseter who was an mm. animator at Disney at the time, okay, uh, yeah. saw it, fell in love with it. And that, you know, opened his eyes to what will become Pixar. Yeah. So, Pixar couldn't exist the way it is. Well, and he said, I mean, very loudly, mm-hmm. like he just steps out in the street and shouts it. Like he does. There'd be no Toy Story without Tron. Right. Yeah. So, so, how about that? Imagine the timeline if Tron didn't exist. What what, what character would, would Tom Hanks be voicing right now? None. It just wouldn't. Michelangelo yeah. from the Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Maybe. That, I'd I'd see that. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks is Michelangelo. Did you see Toy Story four yet? By the way. No, I don't know. No, no. Okay. Okay. No, I have sorry. thoughts. I have so, I have thoughts. Keep them to yourself. It. I'll see him eventually. <sighs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's angry about Toy Story Four, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I have I have feelings about. Yeah, feelings. Okay, uh, the whole world seems to love it. Okay, mm, I don't know what the Rotten Tomato score is, but it's like a hundred percent fresh or something. <laughs> right. It's stupid like that. 
ridiculous. Maybe, maybe you've aged out of the Toy Story saga. Uh, no, I will say it, it's well made. Well I made. disagree with the plot, plot and the character development within the movie. Is there a okay. major betrayal? Just clue me in. Well, when when Buzz kills Woody, it's, oh my god! Oh, sh- oh, oh you guys no. haven't seen it yet. Oh no! Stabs him with a pair of scissors. Oh Just, my god! Just yeah. Cuts him up. Yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, well, I I don't know anything about it. I'll see it eventually. <laughs> I well, okay, cool, <laughs> cool, man, cool. Anyway, back to Tron. One another another thing I did like about it was uh, I like I like the score. Yeah, music. I really good. enjoyed music. The, interesting. Uh, Wendy Carlos score, who oh. did, uh, who did Clockwork Orange and very kind of yeah. synthesized kind of sound. Um, I really like that the score at the end over the end credits, just kind of nice and quiet and mm-hmm. peaceful. And I love that. I do love that last shot where it kind of. I, I love how they layer the the outside world with like a the digital imagery. Oh, okay, yeah, you yeah. know. How like it fades like like cars you know along a freeway at night cars yeah. in the city sky you know outline sure mixes with the interior computer world got it I agree with you I like that shot I like the I like the music you know as it goes along with it of course we've got Journey firing out a couple of songs in this yeah we cannot go always, wrong with Journey Journey always a huge hit in the eighties huge hit and now. today yeah <laughs> any Sopranos fan knows that. Oh, is that is there a but journey you song don't want in to the talk Sopranos? About that. Did they do the theme song to the Sopranos? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. This is the Sopranos. <laughs> Hold on. Journey's populated name. all through Sopranos. There's Journey. Oh, okay. It's it's a big thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, That's that was an HBO show. Uh, yeah, that one that one HBO show. Okay. Cool. Uh, and another little uh, casting tidbit: Peter O'Toole apparently wanted to uh, be in the movie. It didn't work out, but he Lawrence of Arabia. They went after him to play Sark yeah. and Dillinger. Uh-huh. He actually turned around and wanted to play Tron. Oh, well, who I don't, wouldn't want to be the hero? I don't think 1982 Peter O'Toole <laughs> might have been a little old for that. How old would he have been then? Do you know? Then, I wonder. like yeah. 85. Yeah, I guess he would. 85. No. <laughs> <laughs> He was born in two the 1932, <laughs> so he would have been 50. Yeah. About. Yeah. No, no. That's a no on Tron. Lawrence so. himself mm-hmm. wanted to be Tron. Could yeah. you imagine? What a world. Um, and obviously you've got some, you've got some <laughs> themes going on here. Tell me of these themes. It's got, there's a little parallel to your Alice in Wonderlands, your you know, journey to the center oh, of the yeah. earth, a, yeah. a character being thrust into an an, an, an an environment they're not used to and having to survive through that. Definitely. So there's some similarities to that. Sure. You know, like we said before, it doesn't, I don't think that because of the flatness of the characters, it doesn't work as well as in those other movies. Yeah. It would, it, the, I think what lacks really is Flynn's sense of wonder about where he is. Yeah. You know, he, he just needed a little bit of like interest because he, he doesn't even have that much of a sense of urgency to get out and solve things. He's just sort of along for the ride. It's really weird. Like, yeah. If they, it was just given a little more like emphasis, whether his wonder or his urgency or you know his his goals of you know uh, solving everyone's problem, but he's just sort of like eh, bopping around. It's I mean he's doing what he has to do to survive and help everybody, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's just he's just lacking this like 
everything he's reacting to everything yeah you know? which alice kind of does too but i mean uh, alice is a little more interesting I yeah think. yeah um, and you also have you know crazy characters along the way in yeah. alice in wonderland whereas this doesn't doesn't have that yeah no, it's got I, crazy visuals yeah but not characters yeah and you need that yeah um how do you feel about the how do you feel about the religious kind of element to this that was kind of neat. I was surprised, like that the you know the the programs themselves are talking to each other and like, do you believe in the users? Like they yeah. they're aware of like their existence is uh, well, they have a belief that you know users create them. Like the, the users are gods. Like they yeah. they understand what their function is and that they may not they're there for a reason. And I I think that was kind of neat. Like and I don't think you have to go heavy on that. I think that's a nice world building mm-hmm. aspect of it. Like it gives it gives a little more depth to all of them, you know. Uh, whereas you know these hero these heroic characters can sort of contemplate their own existence, mm-hmm. and then there's the villains that are just wearing their red suits and they're going to be villain. Like yeah, you know it's uh, I, I I like that that there's like there's sort of this outsider view of why they exist and you know, they don't have to go deep in the existentialism of it all. Yeah. All I, that. But I, I liked it. It was, a, it was a nice touch to, to the whole thing. Yeah. I don't think they went too heavy on it. I think no. it was kind of just the right amount of imagery and, yeah. you know, it's clearly like anti-communism uh, stuff going, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. with, yeah. Uh, and a little bit, I would say a little bit pro-Christian, uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean, there's, I mean, there's plenty of deity, you know, deity worshippers. I yeah. mean, it's and the, like the way Tron is talks about Alan Bradley, and then when he finally gets to send the disc up, the mm. like the light from God shining down on yeah, him. Yeah, 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 very, yeah. I guess that evokes that kind yeah, of like out of, that, that one's that divine touch. Yeah, yes. I could totally get that. Yeah, yeah, it's a little heavy there, but I don't really mind it. No, because it's it's it, it it's still sort of. It makes sense. It's, it's its own thing, you know. Yeah. It, that's a natural progression. Like human beings evolved to create, you know, what they they, they think of, you know, the other world, yeah. the other the deities, yeah. and all of that. It's, it's that's what humans have done from for all time, uh, creating the, the de- so yeah. This is just a natural thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and f- it's not I offensively think- like believe in this type of religion. No, it's or it's this- not a Kirk Cameron movie. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it's not left behind. That's not too. Like, well, that was, yeah. It's definitely not. That. <laughs> um, you know, faith is a big element in this, and mm-hmm. the faith in the program's belief in the users, and and that even carries through in to Tron Legacy, which mm-hmm. is really, I mean, kind of uh, not at its heart, but a, a key part of it is Clue's lack of faith in Kevin Flynn is what drives. Mm you know, part the beginning of that story. Right. Yeah. That's where they diverge. Yeah. Uh, and then, then all the programs within the grid and, and Tron legacy, their faith in clue who has freed them from this mm-hmm. deity that was handcuffing and, and chaining them. Yeah. From coming to the outside world. Right. Well, clue, clue and clue kind of, uh, believed he reached perfection. He believed he reached the, the goal that Flynn set out for him and right. not really understanding what Flynn's like ultimate, ultimate goal would be to like help humanity yeah, uh, and using these, these, these programs to, to that benefit. Yeah. Uh, it's a, 
Yeah, like, like the first hour of Tron Legacy, man. Like that's a lot well, of fun. What, a, what a great world building going on there. Let's like, talk about Tron Legacy. So great sequel, twenty ten. Yeah, I mean, almost twenty years in the making. Steven Lisberger was trying year after year to get Tron two made, and yeah, Disney didn't want to do it. There was, you know, it didn't want to put the money into it, and yeah. I don't know if there was a fluid story that was ready to be told. Um, and eventually, I don't. It, it's a little hard to tell how involved Lisberger was in the sequel. I mean, he's he's listed as a as a producer, yeah, but he's really it's a completely different movie, yeah. And well, he's he's also he has a cameo, I think, in the movie. Right? Yeah, doesn't yeah. he play a bartender or something yeah. like yeah. that? Like, but yeah, I mean, I, obviously, yeah, he probably wasn't wasn't uh, big on the story. Like, it's not his foundational story right right? but they uh, you know and again why is it called tron why not where's tron and tron legacy he's all over the movie he's he's kind of he's a hidden character he's a hidden character (laughs) spoiler alert yeah uh Uh, barely in the movie at all yeah it doesn't i mean you know yeah understand it's it's, it's bigger than it's bigger than tron it should be called flynn legacy that's boring legacy that's boring it's Tron as an idea. Yeah. But uh, I think... Uh, it's like Super Mario Brothers. There's sure. a lot more going on there than just Mario. <laughs> Should have been called Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> Luigi, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Should have been called Mushroom Kingdom Presents. Because <laughs> that's where they live. Uh, I'm just kidding. But I think it's a, a much better execution. It's a much more enjoyable movie. Yeah. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's not perfect. There are definitely problems in there. Uh, break, it really breaks down after after about the first hour. Like yeah, it it, it it stumbles over itself. But still, like really cool execution on a lot of ideas. Yeah, otherwise. It's, but I mean, it's very fast. Like you get into the movie very quickly. Yeah. Um, you're following Sam Flynn, and it's been 20 years, and Kevin yeah. Flynn's been missing, and no one knows. You get a kind of a prologue in the beginning of the movie, and mm-hmm. and you get a you know a, cu- a quick scene with Alan Bradley, kind of setting up what's been going on. Yeah. And then the same thing happens to uh sam flynn where he's hands up in the grid into the grid grid. um and then it's a (laughs) he's a little bit too cool for school you know (laughs) thank god he's really good with motorcycles and 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 frisbees and athletics athletics flipping around flips around like he's he's great like (laughs) thank god he wasn't like some just like schlub (laughs) who just (laughs) like didn't do anything with his life how cool would tron legacy have been if it were like jean-claude van damme as sam flynn (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> he's just he's just karate kicking everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's basically who Sam Flynn is. Yeah, no, yes. and yeah. He's uh, he's very good at the things that he needed to be good at. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, but who cares? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and there's a lot more personality in the world in the grid in Tron Legacy. I oh, mean, yeah. you've got. Michael Sheen and the club, like the yeah. like, there's like a whole city, like a downtown city, yeah. which is very much mirrors a modern downtown, yeah, a real world downtown. Yeah, they built this city. Oh, on rock and roll. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah, and there's colorful characters. James Frain is in there. Uh, is uh, uh, clues number two? You know, yeah, who's just kind of he's this, great. Yeah, uh, it, it was that was great. Who's uh, just like desperate for clues approval? Yeah, but he's also just like the biggest coward, like yeah. the whole time. And and uh, yeah, Michael Sheen was great. Uh, Olivia Wilde's in it, playing Olivia Wilde. Yeah, being kick a ass, uh, female. Yeah, 
uh, character that number two to 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 Flynn to Flynn yeah and it's the you know it's the search for Flynn like yeah. where is he Jeff Bridges is is almost playing the dude a little bit more serious he looks like the dude yeah 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 um he and playing like the clue character which is supposed to be a representation of him in his 30s yeah you know he still has Jeff Bridges like bourbon cigar voice like yeah. oh, like, a, wow like oh my god he sounded exactly like <laughs> Jeff Bridges <laughs> Sam you're there like but he I get it, like it's his that voice, a, but damn, Jesus. a mirror image sound. <laughs> but looking all over, are you, Sam? <laughs> oh, Dad, you haven't aged a day. <laughs> like, oh my God, are you all right? But uh, and well, and that's the part of the part of the failing of it's not the failing of the movie, but like something that does take away is like they we hadn't quite reached the point where you could de-age someone and make it look good. Like, yeah, even though this was otherworldly too, like. They they tried to do something and it's too uncanny valley. It's yeah. too uh, Tom Hanks in the that Christmas train Pol- movie. Polar Express. Polar Express. Like yeah, like it looks like a person, but it's not a person. Well, like, this is just before the uh, uh, Benjamin Button where they uh, yeah, yeah. really kind of that was where they kind of nailed it yeah. or, or started. You know, it was it was working much better in that. Yeah, but this was the first real on a big scale attempt at that. Yeah. Because it's not like it's only relegated to like one or two scenes. It's like the clue, uh, the young, you know, that young face clue, he's all over the movie. So they had to like try to get it right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the main villain character that you see the face close up. Constantly. Yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, that, that I'm sure that movie informed a lot of the films that came after. Like, this is where we failed, like in terms of the the eye movement, the light, the the mouth. I, like, I you know, and I, I disagree. Like, I, I don't think it's a failure. It's just the a first failure. attempt at it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but it 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 was sort of not that like it was, but I think people like didn't react well to it. Like knowing no, like didn't. like oh, this is a little too fake. So like basically, why do it at all? And that's you know, and and for me, that's sort of like with uh, Star Wars Rogue One. I'm kind of like I did not like the Grand Moff Tarkin, the CGI of him. He looked terrible, and uh, and then, respectfully and, disagree. And but he looked ter- he looked like a cartoon. He looked like Flynn. He didn't like. I, I respectfully disagree. He looked like a cartoon. Like you're, and they put him in bright lights. They could have at least put him in dark corridors. Like make it like fake it a little. And then and then unfortunately like Princess Leia looked the same. Like she looked terrible. Like she looked like a cartoon. It was weird. They look like a Disney princess. Like, do you remember? Well, you, she is now, so <laughs> well, yeah. it makes sense. But uh, but it, it was a good attempt. I think they they did their best. That doesn't quite work on Star Wars Rogue One. This is going back. Like they did their best. It just wasn't going to work because there yeah. is a um, the difference between those two movies. There's less life in uh, the Clue character. Like, yeah. There's less. Like presence, yeah. It's still a sort of a it hollow. Look, it look. looks like a, a little bit like a plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, like it just doesn't quite work. And then you know, I I guess we've come to the place where you can, they've they fixed it. I mean, not to bring the Marvel event Avengers movies in but, there. But, I know who you're going to talk about. But but when they de-aged uh, Robert Downey Jr. in that uh, civil is it Civil War. Uh, yeah, I think it's Civil War. In the very the opening scene where it's 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 Robert Downey Jr. in Weird Science yeah. on stage, yeah, and he looks perfect. It looks 
perfect. And dare I say, maybe even a little better than that, is our dear friend Kurt Russell Oh, in Guardians 2. No. I think he looks great. He, lo- I mean, he looks good, yes. Yeah. But you can see the big difference in, like you know, what to... is that, seven years maybe between the, yeah. the two? And... Yeah, about seven years. Like, how rapidly they can really make yeah. things. Yeah, like, Kurt looked really good, like, considering. He, he always does. So. He, well, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's gorgeous. Saying. He's, good, you know, solid, best <laughs> Greatest man who ever lived. Uh, anyway, so you know, Legacy had its had a, had that same thing, like little quirks that eh, so you don't yeah you, that don't really work, but you can kind of you can brush off because there is a lot of stuff that does work, mm-hmm. and it's it it and, and it it brings sort of the ideas of the original Tron to a new level that you can like Tron the original Tron kind of worked better because Legacy exists. Yeah, I think like. You know, if you saw them out of order, it'd be interesting to go back and be like, "Oh, so that's why this is why Legacy is the way it is. Yeah. It came from this." It's interesting. Probably, it's certainly not as entertaining, but it's interesting. I like I like uh, Kevin Flynn's Obi Wan Kenobi ness mm-hmm. in this. One. <laughs> yeah, touch the floor, reset everything. Oh yeah, you know, reprogram. He's got everything. those powers, man. Yeah, like he can that's kind of cool. Um, um, but you, I feel like you kind of. You do need to see the first Tron. No, I think. Tron works. Well, I mean, in order that. to like fully get Tron Legacy, I think you do need to have seen Tron. Yeah. Um, you just, can. You just don't have to see it. it more than once. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't need to study Tron like we're doing. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But uh, like, and then of course the Daft Punk is sure the music's amazing. I think that's a huge part of. I mean, setting the tone for Tron Legacy. Yeah. The, obviously, the electronic look and then the sound. Yeah. it just all kind of flows together it's really. So nicely. stylish, like it's it's yeah, way more cohesive kind of design like throughout. So, so it's which makes it so much more entertaining. It mm-hmm. Just looks great. Good, well, and great sound Tron, too. you know, had a big impact in the electronic music world absolutely you know was very influential and daft punk was you know inspired by it and yeah yeah tron has tron influenced a lot of different things uh in sci-fi film music pop culture uh all that shit yeah yeah it's like that's that's what's the funny thing is like it's there's so many elements about tron that are interesting Mm -hmm. and work and can definitely be inspiring um but it's it's only those pieces, you know. It's as a whole, eh, it's tough. It's a slog. And Tron Legacy is that that takes place in more than just one program. It's like a essentially like a new internet that he has developed. Uh, with the where where yeah. and the big r- reveal is that these living, you know, yeah. half human, half. Uh, programs were created yeah, in yeah. this system. They sort of, yeah, they 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 came about because of what they were doing. And his and Flynn's goal—that was the miracle that he talks about—was yeah. to bring those beings to the outside world. And you have this merging of programs and humans, and yeah. how that could change religion and medicine and yeah. you know society. Yeah. So there's a bigger scheme, and then Clue is working opposite of that building an army and will eventually take that army into the outside world and make the outside world a program. Yeah. Yeah. You want to just destroy, the destroy the humanity yeah. side of it. So, yeah. so, that, you know, big risks. Yeah. Big things are happening. <laughs> and we'll like, see what happens in Tron three, Tron three, which you know, they're going to make that. I don't know. They might just reboot Tron. 
reboot. A good one. Yeah, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, let's see. I mean, let's uh, you know, sequels are always driven by numbers, and uh, let's see what the numbers were on this one. It didn't. Okay, sure. You want to talk box? Yeah, office? let's talk box office on the original Tron. Tron one. Tron one. That's no one calls it that. It's Tron the original. <laughs> but Tron part one. Yeah. In 1982, big numbers uh, coming through for a couple of different movies, but where did Tron? Tron Tron had a seventeen million dollar budget, mm-hmm. which was really huge at the time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, a, that's lot a, of money. a big, and obviously most of it is on the effects and the the camera, you know, the camera programs they were using. Yeah, uh, but it only grossed thirty three. Yeah, not, which not a not good. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Consider for what the studio would say. Right, it's not even. I mean, with the prints and advertising it's probably about breaking even yeah um where it did grow and start to make money was on the success of the video rentals which was another 17 million mm-hmm. and then the the arcade game and all the you oh, know yeah. the other the licensed game. things yeah exactly yeah. that's you know especially through the early 80s mm-hmm. um that was that was it, it did make its money after that yeah there there's more to it so it wasn't like it, it launched something that it ended up making them money, but yeah, it wasn't the the runaway hit that they were hoping for. Yeah, Bill. Uh, uh, but it came out July 9th, nineteen eighty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, where 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 did it land that weekend? Do you know? Do you remember? Oh, I have no idea. It's uh, <laughs> opened up at number two. Two um, behind what? Behind E. T. and uh, just it, it kind of sandwiched by E. T. and Rocky three. Oh, okay, well, and E. T. I think was in its fifth week. At that, that point, that's the fifth one, and and Rocky, geez, that was uh, that was in its like eighth week, yeah, or something like that, yeah. So and, and you know they they made this to compete with Star Wars, to compete with Spielberg and yeah. and E. T. and but that was a that's a tough sell, that's a juggernaut. Yeah, it's uh, and it's, and the thing is, it's so weird, it's inaccessible in a lot of ways, yeah. just for for how weird it is. Well, and, um, I mean, E. T. is filled with tugging at. Your heart, yeah, you know, it's, Spiel, it's classic Spielberg. Obviously. Exactly, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a human story with, that happens to have an alien in it. Yeah, you know, like, and this, like, I mean, I had, I always had a hard time getting through ET. I, I was, I'd cry at that movie. You know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what? The, what? We'll, we'll get into that later. But don't I can't I can't tr- I can't just, even look at you. You don't have that with Tron. No, yeah, there's we no, there's no, mo- it, there's no moment. Yeah, moment you're crying over what's happening in Tron. <laughs> no. Uh, Except you, you did. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, yeah, but like '82, like what a what a crazy year back then. But you know, number one movie that year, of course, ET. Yeah. By by making 359 million that year, it probably ran 18 months. Oh yeah. Like so, not not that that year 359, but it, it's total like original release 359 right. million, like a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, do you remember what else came out that year? Eighty-two, big, big. Well, movies. we already said Rocky Three. Rocky uh, Three, that was fourth in the year. Couple of my favorites. Go on. Our friend uh, Kurt Russell had a big movie. Oh, one of his best, The Thing. One? The John thing. Carpenter's The Thing. Absolutely. Uh, although not a, a, another, you know, not a box office hit. It but was not box box office buff. The respect that that movie has uh, earned over the years is. Skyrocket. Well, and that's why we didn't see Kurt Russell in Tron because he was doing the thing. Yeah, he was up in wherever they filmed it, Vancouver, shooting. Yeah, Alaska, ice, cold, cold. 
Probably Alaska. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know. Canada, um, it's Canada somewhere. Yeah, it was. Uh, un- he was unavailable for this. Uh, yeah. I, could, I could see Kurt being oh, Flynn easily. Did, well, and, and Kurt's a Disney guy. Like, why wouldn't you want him yeah. as Flynn? But he was breaking away from that. So that's true. I I wouldn't be shocked to hear that he was offered this part. Yeah, you know, I, you know they're talking about him. Over he there. would have been a great Flynn. <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't. He might have might have been a better Flynn. Don't say that. I can say it. Well, it's Kurt. Yeah, so yeah. you're probably right. But like uh, the top ten of that year, is, we had other fantasy and and sci-fi kind of things. I mean, Poltergeist is in there. Poltergeist, right? uh, yeah, the eighth of the uh, eighth of the year. That's yeah. number eight. Wow. Yeah. Another unofficial Spielberg movie. Yep. Basically. Uh, Blade Runner was uh, that in the top ten? Oh no. No, Blade wait. Runner, another 20, not not hit. Twenty seventh. Yeah. Yeah. And also made twenty seven million. Uh, but no, I mean Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. was sixth, so another sci-fi. Uh, but of course, we had Tootsie uh, number two, Officer and Gentleman number three uh, for the year. Tootsie, of course, came out in December. That ran a long time after that. Like that barely year. counts. But then five, number fifth of the year, one of the funniest movies ever, Porky's. <laughs> Porky's, by the way. Does that one hold up? I don't know. No, we'll don't have to watch so. that. I don't know. After Star Trek uh, Two at forty-eight hours. The yes, buddy, the, the the archetype buddy com buddy cop yeah, comedy. Yeah, the the kind of forgotten origin of the buddy cop movie. Yeah, like I think movie. a lot of people think Lethal Weapon is is the first, but it's forty eight hours. You'd have no Lethal Weapon without forty eight hours. Yeah. Uh, and after Poltergeist at eighth, we had the best little whorehouse in Texas, and then Annie ran to get out of top ten, and then. So that, I mean, what an exciting top ten! Yeah, and Tron yeah. falls all the way down at number twenty-two. Twenty-two, not right bad. between. Uh, of course, it couldn't top Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Nope. Who could beat Jason? <laughs> Tron couldn't. Tron cannot. Jason took out Tron. <laughs> that was a deleted scene. Yeah. Uh, and then Young Doctors in Love. Yeah, followed it, that's a movie. That that's is a, a that's movie. the title of a movie. That is a great title. <laughs> Um, uh, critics uh, didn't really love it. Kind of, kind of the same thing that we're saying. They said back then that they the love the technology, dazzling visuals, but yeah. not you know not much of a story, not much in the way of characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was nominated for a couple of Oscars. It was uh, nominated for best costumes and sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't win. But uh, the funny thing was that the it, it was not eligible for a special effects award because they considered the use of CGI to be cheating. Cheating, yeah. So, <laughs> how about that? That's incredible. Yeah. Special effects were still all practical. You it, can't use computers. Yeah. How about that? And now look at it. It's, it's, it's all computers. You don't have at one hand-drawn cell. You actually do now again. It yeah. made a little comeback. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it did get an honorary award years later. But, oh, really? Yeah. From the Oscars? Yeah. From the, what did the Academy give it? Like a technical award, yeah, like an honorary yeah. like yeah. achievement award. It changed. It really changed the industry. I think it, there were so many filmmakers who were probably like, "Oh, what can we do with this? Yeah, what can we do? What do we take it to the next level? Yeah, how exciting!" Um, but I mean, so here's the funny thing about this film. But as we're wrapping it up, like we watch it, we we really kind of know what we feel about it, right? So uh, I'd seen it right before Legacy, the really start to finish. Considered it a slog, like really tough to get through, interesting on its own. Rewatched it for the podcast. But this time, it's only a 90-some minute movie. It's short. You know, it's not, it's not, I decided to watch it at one and a half times speed. Like, 
totally and it's totally it's it's completely comprehensible because there's so many scenes that just sort of drag on and just yeah. show you stuff that it it kind of it zips along just it's pretty great like it it just goes <clears throat> so when you watch an hour and a half movie and it becomes an hour it's like tron the, the hour long movie it's actually pretty good like it's 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 kind of like a just a weird bedtime story like it's just this it's just this like simple little story that happens and uh there was a there's a bit of charm added to it because i basically cut through all the bullshit mm-hmm. and just getting to this happens and then this happens and this has happened because of this and this da, da, da. and like you're not weighed down by like wanting to see what the next thing is because yeah. these characters are just sort of staring or these slow moving things are moving in cgi but i i actually i found it quite charming to to see it in about an hour yeah like so if i could say if i could recommend it if you want to watch it great but do it at one and a half times speed because it's (laughs) it's pretty good like it's it's for a single hour it's great i will i will try that the next time uh, the tron viewing comes around (laughs) yeah but uh yeah that's that's where i but no weird bedtime story yeah that's where i put tron and i you know i'm I wouldn't be surprised if Tron 3 comes our way at some point. I mean, yeah. Tron Legacy kind of broke even. It, it, again, was not the hit that Disney wanted it to be. They put a lot of promotion into it. Yeah. But I think they kind of set it up that there could be more. Well, they wanted, They definitely wanted to create a new franchise out yeah. of it. Like, oh, yeah. They, had sure. a, they produced a cartoon series that was going to bridge the gap between... Which that, was actually pretty good. Yeah, people... It was well-received. Like So they, they were building it as this property that they could monetize and make bigger and bigger. But if, if you know, if Tron Legacy made $50 million more, we would have had more Tron, like mm-hmm. more Tron. But it just wasn't enough to, like, keep the interest going. I feel like at some point they're going to go back to the well. Somebody new, someone will come yeah, along this, with this a fresh idea. Happening. And, and like you said, either redo the first one yeah, or just do, you, can, you know, you another sequel that. that is kind of a reboot also. Yeah. Well, like the ti- what's interesting in the timeline of Tron, like in the first movie, yeah, you know, when when Flynn goes into the system and comes back out, we see him in the system for all that time, that hour, and he comes back out. That happens within like a second. Like, yeah, he comes in and out because like they're doing stuff and they're moving along the laser, and it's like, oh, well, we won't get there for eight nanoseconds, and that seems like a long time yeah. in the system. So all these things are happening at lightning speed. And, uh, you know, that's why Jeff Bridges, like he, uh, Flynn aged so much in legacy and he, you know, know, Kevin says it's been, or Sam says it's been a long time. And he's like, you have no idea. So they alluded to the fact he's been spending like centuries in the grid. Yeah. Like, like, so the whole world can evolve. Like 20 years in, in human life. Yeah. Is God knows how long exactly. for him in there. So it's kind of cool, like, and that's why he said, like, when he every night after work he would go into the system and it'd be like uh, minutes in the real world were hours in the yeah in, in the grid. So it was, like they were setting up this whole world, like this whole like digital world would like evolve mm-hmm. so quickly. Cool concept, anyway. yeah. But uh, but they that was established early on in Tron, like. Uh, you know things happen differently in the the micro digital yeah. world Ooh. but uh so that's why i'm saying like you speed you speed it up uh, you speed it up you one half times like okay i'm i'm on board i can see how all these things are happening now it's <laughs> juking and jamming it's going boom 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 anyway 
Yeah. Well, I mean, would I recommend this to somebody? I don't know. I think if you're interested in the technology side of it and yeah. how they made this movie, yeah. absolutely. If you're into camera work and camera effects, uh, yeah. and effects in general, it's a must see. Yeah. If you like experimentation, something different, you, yeah. and you want to know how like the how things were, like what they had to do, yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. Like old school. It's old school. Yeah. Technology. Um, but for pure entertainment value, it's I I'm, it's, I can't it, recommend. This. No, it's like, a tough sell. It's tough. But uh, it, it's an interesting, like, experiment. But what else? You know. Yeah. There's too much out there. Too much to watch right now. You're telling me. If I go to Videotech, do you see all the movies on the shelf? There's a lot, yeah. How many, I don't have time for Tron. I just go to 80s comedies, and that's it. I don't leave that <laughs> section. <laughs> just John Candy movies. Just, <laughs> just over and over. Just John Candy. Just give me it. the John Candy movies. Uh, but yeah, so that's Tron. Um, it's Tron, know, baby. Unfortunately, it's a it's a pass. Oh, did you ever did you ever watch Reboot, which is a CGI based Saturday morning cartoon? No, but I did watch Auto Man, which was definitely <laughs> that uh, was from like eighty one or that was born from this movie, <laughs> not seventy eight. It was mid eighties. One but, of my first memories was Auto Man. But go ahead, Maybe Tron, we, Tron. Tron, you know, its legacy persists mm-hmm. through the centuries. Yeah. Well, decades. Well, you need you need Tron to open the door to what would come after it. Yeah. So that for that, you know, we're we should be grateful, eternally grateful, eternally grateful. We know it, it has its place in the pantheon of of special effects CGI films. Yeah. Um, and it cannot be forgotten. Yeah. It's in the Hall of Fame, baby. <laughs> there it is. Hall of Fame, <laughs> baby. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for uh, our show this week. Are we done? We want to thank, again, Home Run with the poster, Curtis. Oh, my god. Curtis Moore. Love it. No, it was great. great It was was cool just being in the grid, you know, when he took that photo. Yeah, I know. It was a good shot. (laughs) Uh, And thank you, E.K. Wimmer, for the theme song. And don't forget, check out his podcast, Laser Graves, anywhere you get your uh, podcast enjoyment. Yeah. And uh, check us out, too, on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps the show. It helps promote us and get us a higher profile so we can get the show out there. Get us out there. And anything you guys, we're starting to get some more. uh, The emails are up. The Twitter requests are up. They're coming in. We hear you guys. Uh, Anything you want us to cover, just send us a tweet. Hit us up. At Reconcinimation Podcast. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, at Reconcinimation. And the Facebook page. Yeah. Reconcinimation Podcast. There you go. Uh, thanks again, guys. We are going to be back in a couple of weeks. We've got some great summer programming for season two. Stop promising stuff. I'm already thinking about what's coming this fall. Oh, boy. I just sent <laughs> my picks to David. Let's see what he thinks. Mm, some great stuff. Let's see what happens. It's coming. Oh, boy. Um, but, okay, I think uh, we're about out of time. we got to get in the light cycle and get out of here. Let's get out of here. We will see you soon. Bye now. Thank you.